Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Last episode, we talked about like, I almost call them like tiny habits or how to make habits stick. Like you want to make these changes. And a lot of this is around like stress management, nervous system regulation. How do you feel less anxiety, less overwhelm? What are the micro habits or what are ways to make things micro habits in your life? How to get them to stick? Because I think we have these big lofty goals and we jump from where we're at to these big lofty goals and then nothing sticks. So what does it look like to integrate these practices so that there's longevity, so that there's habit formation behind it? How, how on earth do we do that? So that was last week's episode. I wanted to do that first to then like kick us into a series on like micro mental health. <laughs> so, so many organizations right now working with the organization that I am co-founder of and my partner, Jessica During is the other co-founder. We're working a lot on burnout prevention because man, not, not even just in education. I know I speak a lot in educational lingo, but like medical, oh, um, other childhood related agencies, like just any field that would have high secondary trauma has naturally high burnout. So how do we prevent this burnout? Cause these are good people doing good works, people helping people and we're burning out. So, so what do we do? So like the problem is like these big self-care efforts aren't sustainable. We need things that sustain us. So what do those things look like today? And in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do a, a series. I'm like, what are some little practices, some little things that we can do to help our mental health? A lot of this is going to come from like just random factual knowledge that I have in my brain, but a lot of it comes from Rangun Chatterjee's work. He writes a lot of books and and um, podcasts and resources on like micro mental health. Like, what are tiny little things that you can do in less than five minutes to to improve your mental health? So today we're going to talk about nature specifically. So I want you to think about this. I am being a person who's been living in cities for the last many years. And I love the city, right? Like it's buzzing with noise and action, dogs, joggers, lights, colors, all the sounds, all the sensory stimulation. But at the same time, I deeply desire to like go back to my roots. Like I don't desire to go back to central Pennsylvania, but I desire to go back to the roots of Pennsylvania and central Pennsylvania, very rural Pennsylvania, because what I desire about like my mind when it thinks about that is that rural environment was filled with so much less stimulation. So I'm trying to be in the beginning to think about what does that look like in, in Arizona where I'm located now? Is there a way to like kind of move out of the city, not even to the suburbs, like into a more rural place, like a ranch or something where there's less stimulation for the next couple of years or maybe long-term. But I know that urban life, though fun, is draining. So I'd rather live in rural life and then be close enough to urban life that I can travel in 
pretty quickly. Filled, filled with stress. Urban life is filled with stress because of all the sensory components. When your body is in a place like that, especially when it lives in a place like that, although it's kind of fun and active and cool, your body is always on. Your sensory system, your nervous system is always on. It's always processing everything around you and it never gets to rest. By going into nature, by going into the rural parts of the world, it gets to rest. So let's talk a bit more about that. Sensory signals. They tell the brain to kind of activate and process. Every time your body or brain senses something, like in a city, so you've got traffic light, you've got noise, you've got horn, you've got uh, steam coming up out of the ground, like every single little tiny thing in the city that stimulates you, it activates your brain and tells it, okay, brain process. Well, why would your brain want to do that? Why? Because it wants to keep you safe. It's that kind of ultimate biological goal. So anything that's kind of unnatural, like traffic lights, like honking horns, like music, uh, things that we wouldn't necessarily experience like in nature, um, it has to process that. And it takes energy to process that. And it's processing it to make a decision. It's saying, is this sensory signal, is it safe or is it not? Because if it's not safe, I have to then call another body systems and react and respond. If it is safe, okay, I can come down a little bit, but then there's this next thing I have to process. And then this next thing I have to process. And your body's just constantly processing to determine, am I safe? So think alternatively about your time in like rural calming areas. Think beach, farm, mountains, ranches, et cetera. You don't have as much to process. Or if you do have to process, it's like slower moving. So there might be like animals, like horses. You kind of have to process that stimulation, but it's not always like sprinting at you. Like it might be like grazing in the grass, moving really slowly. Or there's like beach, like you there might be people at the beach and you have to kind of like process the people but it's it's slower moving and there's usually less stimulation, less colors, less noises, all that. In those environments, your body has less to process and less to understand. Therefore, it stores or kind of creates or leaves more energy in you and you feel less drained. You actually feel rejuvenated. The reality is this. The more there is to process in our environment, like a city, the worse our health becomes over time. I know there are people that love cities and frankly, I do too. I love the action in them, but I'm learning that my body system needs a break from that. Even if I were to choose to live in a city, I would be really intentional about going out into the the suburban mountains, rural areas as much as I possibly could because we are biological beings. So nature rules. Also, we were we were kind of created in nature and of nature, so we're hardwired to thrive in that type of environment. There's a really good quote. Actually, I think it's in one of Rankin's books. Uh, I think it's Feel Better in Five. He said, we're not supposed to be boxed into airless rooms, glued to TVs, crouched over phones, phones. <laughs> or dodging traffic in polluted concrete mazes. I was like, yeah, that's... That's pretty much where I live. <laughs> but um, just thinking about that, how can we reduce some of those toxins or stressors? So what are the actual benefits of nature? Like, why am I like, why am I speaking for a whole 15 minutes on nature? There's so many benefits to it, like lower stress levels because it lowers your cortisol levels. If you're familiar with what cortisol is, it's like it's the stress chemical, it's stress hormones. So 
when your stress level levels lower because there's less stimulation, less cortisol is produced. That is good for your body because the more cortisol that is produced starts to deteriorate some of your body systems. A little bit of cortisol here and there is good. That saves us from danger, but too much and all the time over prolonged periods of time kind of eats away as it, it eats away at your cells, causes disease. Spending time in nature is proven and shown to decrease the likelihood of depression. Improves mental focus. Boosts your immune system. Thank you, trees, for emitting chemicals that make us happy and healthy. Increases movement endurance, like your body, your joints, your blood, it's all moving, it's all flowing, you're working on balance, like just all things that are really helpful and beneficial to you. It reduces, it reduces exhaustion. Let me say that one again. Fatigue, for those of you who are tired, getting out into nature reduces your feelings of exhaustion. Why? Because it produces more serotonin that keeps you alert and awake. When you're feeling tired, you, you have more of that melatonin in your system. We want serotonin. So great exercise dually gives you that like replenish of, of energy reduces disease. Why? Because your blood's pumping and your blood's pumping and there's oxygen going through your bloodstream and going to your brain and getting things moving instead of having it stagnant. Really good for the cells. All right. So what's the goal here? I encourage you, can you possibly get with just like five minutes of nature a day, three minutes even, like just get outside. Even if it's going outside and doing some deep breaths, like on a porch or in a doorway, can you go for a five minute walk? Like what's just three to five minutes a day? micro steps, micro habits, micro mental health. Even if you're just looking outside the window, like you're not even going outside, but you're looking out and you like see that horizon if you're not in the city. And maybe if you're in the city, you can still see the horizon, but looking at a, a horizon of like mountains or flat or plains or whatever it is, that is calming to the nervous system. So even just peeking out and looking or bring nature inside, get more plants, put images of the plants around you, like put your computer background as like a plant thing. Play drone footage. This is what I do at home. Play drone footage of like nature scenes. All of these things are ways to bring nature into you that give you some of the benefits of being out in nature. Now best to go out in nature, but if you can't, at least you got that. Really good too, to do first thing in the morning because it, when you get outside and the, the fresh air and if it's daylight, like it, it sets your body's cycles into sync with the cycles of nature and the world around you and to sync all of these natural cycles is a really good and beneficial thing. My overachievers out there, they're like, yes, I'm in, I'm doing it. I challenge you to take off your shoes, let your feet sink into the ground, even if it's cold or wet or muddy or snowy, just a couple of seconds, let your feet hit the ground, bare feet. Because that skin contact with the nature has even more benefits than just being in nature physically, your feet on the ground, grounding. That is why I let my kiddo run with naked feet as much as I possibly can. A little hard to do with Arizona with cacti and stones and scorpions and snakes, but we do it where we can. Now, how to make this a habit? Because this is what we're, we're after longevity here. Micro practices, short amount of times, habits. How do we do it with habit? Pair it with a routine that's already present. Like, can you have your cup of coffee in the morning outside? Or can you step outside with your cup of coffee? You're already going to have your hot drink in the morning. Maybe it's tea. Maybe it's not tea or coffee. But can you pair it with something you already do? And nothing else. Play some nature sounds on nature sounds on Spotify or Pandora, whatever the heck you use. Um, YouTube, just, just nature sounds at least will have your brain thinking you're, you're in nature and you can enhance the experience by bringing in essential oils or even candles that have nature like smells. Like, yeah. I burn a lot of cedar and sandalwood 
and love my cedar and my sandalwood. Okay, need ideas? Let's try this. First thing in the morning, wake up like 15 minutes before your kids have that hot drink, get outside, even if it's like three minutes. If not, make a cup of coffee, throw on those nature sounds. If not, when your kids are awake, put the drone footage on. Pause three to five minutes, be present with whatever form of, of nature-based activity you're doing, and then move into the day. Can you sustain this for two weeks? Can you do this microdose of nature for two full weeks? If you put it in, into habit for two weeks, much likely, more likely to form, form that ongoing, long-lasting habit. That takes us to today's listener question, which is what if I can't leave the city? What if I can't live somewhere else? What if I'm in a lease? What if I love it in the city? That's fine. Bring nature inside. That's fine. Take weekend trips out of the city. That's fine. Bring in more images of nature. If it's not plants, bring in photos, tapestries, whatever. Nature's on your phone. Nature on your screens. Nature sounds. Nature smells. I told you some examples of things that you could do to kind of fool yourself to thinking you're in nature. Lots of things that you can do to kind of minimize the stress of being in a city. And to wrap up our show, I'm going to share with you a try to home tip. If you're bringing nature in, bring in the nature that purifies your air. There are some plants that are really hard to kill that are really great air purifiers. Pothos, P-O-T-H-O-S, rubber plants, ZZ plants, money trees, aloe vera, snake and spider plants. They're harder to kill. You can get them at like any store. I, I would be mindful of getting them at like a Home Depot or a Lowe's because sometimes they have these like spider mites and these kind of pests that are on them that kill them really quickly. So try and get them from more of like a plant place, like a nursery. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Don't forget our try to home tip, which is bring in those air purifying plants. And if you're looking for more support in the areas of stress, trauma, behavior, or the brain, I'd love to be part of that journey. Behavior Hub, I created to offer a range of supports from coaching to courses for school programs, for family systems to, to work with us, to learn more and to address some of these needs. So if you're wanting more information on that, shoot me a text 717-693-7744, or you can even hop onto the Behavior Hub website and send me a message through there. And if you're looking for this at more of like an organizational level, like burnout proof, that's five eyes. F-I-V-E-I-V-E-S, my partner, Jessica During and myself came together to create coaching, programming, certifications around trauma-invested care and burnout proof. So we're doing some amazing work with some organizations. Uh, love to chat more with you about that. Pop on to fiveives.com, send us a message and we'll chat more about what that could look like as a partnership with your organization. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thank you for joining me. Thank you.